0: Erev Tov, good evening, buchim Rabbeinu to the Rambam class. (coughs) Tonight we're continuing the discussion from last week about Rabbeinu HaRambam, how the general rule in Halakha is to rule from the Rambam, directly from the Rambam, without needing any other sources, without having to look backwards and understand the Talmud. We mentioned at the end of last week, the writings of Rishnir Zalman of Liadi, and his uh, f- the first Lubavitch Rabbi Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, how he mentions that the Rambam intended for his book to be used as a work of halacha, that you should look at it and rule according to that work. We mentioned Rabbi Yerucham who said the same thing. Rabbi Chaim ben Atar in his book Rishon Tzion, we mentioned that he said the same thing. And now we're continuing with the same line of thought. On page Chaf in the Rambam, u'shelazo in this question, klomar. Whether it's proper to rule according to the Mishneh Torah exactly like it, what it means. Or whether it's appropriate to look first in the Talmud and then reach the Mishneh Torah. This already was uh, served on the king's table, meaning it was already discussed by great rabbis. This is a reference to two different things. The first is a reference to Man Malkeh, the Talmud says, who are the kings? Rabbanan, the rabbis are the kings. So when you say the Shulchan Melachim, the table of kings, you're referring to the table of Chachamim. It's also referring to a halacha in Shulchan Aruch that talks about foods that are Olim al Shulchan Melachim or not. Uh, whether or not foods can be cooked by a Jewish person or by a non-Jewish person is all dependent on whether they could be fit to be served at a royal table or not and he's uh, hinting to both of those words Bevet midrash of Rabbi Avraham HaNagid Nagid if someone could remind me after the shiur I will gladly post articles about the, what is the Nagid, what is the office of a Nagid that uh, you had in Jewish history always as we were an autonomous nation in exile remember this over and over and over again We always were an autonomous nation in exile. In the Jewish communities where our national autonomy was not preserved, you begin to see erosion in all areas of Jewish life, unfortunately. In the Jewish community you had Melachim, kings. After the kings, we then had nesim. So even under Roman occupation, we still had princes. After that, when we're in exile, we have what's called a Resh Galuta, an Exilarch, as they translate them in uh, you know, those English uh, translations. An Exilarch is the, the Resh Galut, he's the head of the of the, gola, the chief of the exile, meaning our leader in exile. You then have into Egypt coming a branch of leaders called Nagidim or a Nagid, which is the, the authoritative one, and interestingly enough, the Nagid was the ruler over Jewry in Egypt, until, unfortunately, not long after this period in history, which we're dealing with right now, there was a machloket, there were politics, the politics corrupted the office of the Nagid, and ultimately our last ruling uh, uh, monarch, if you like to call him, maybe not a monarch is not a correct term, our last ruler in exile, which was the office of the Nagid, was then uh, dismantled, taken apart, and no longer revived. Rabenu the Rambam pushes off this idea that you can maybe you need to first look in the Talmud before you can learn the Mishneh Torah. V'hen al Rabbi and also his son Rabbi Abraham, famous Abraham, who we studied his works here, he himself pushes off this idea that in order to study the Mishneh Torah, you must first study Talmud. And this is an actual a narrative that was recorded by somebody who was in the Beit Midrash of Rabbeinu Avraham, and here he's going to quote from a journal in which we have a diary or a record, an entry of somebody who was in the Beit Midrash of Rabbeinu Harambam's son, Rabbeinu Abraham. And there he recorded the following story. This is a translation from the original Arabic. And I will tell you a story. Something that I heard. He said, I heard this myself and whoever was with me in the bed of Midrash of the Holy Rabbeinu Abraham, the Hasid, the pious one, Kadosh, the Holy One. We've spoken here before about Rabbi Avraham's leadership and involvement with a group called Chassidei Mitzrayim, the Pious of Egypt. It's for a different shiur and a different time. <laughs> he said in his letters to one of his students, "Advarim <laughs> on things that were written in the, the Chibur is the work, meaning the Mishneh Torah. <laughs> the student wished to analyze something in the Mishneh Torah based on the Talmud. <laughs> The student, he had some kind of it's not, it's not knowledge in Talmud or mastery of Talmud. He calls him; he smells a little bit like Talmud. He has a little bit of familiarity with the Talmud. Amar Rabenu avraham Rabenu Abraham says, "Kayotze bezeirah leRabenu." This same exact situation happened with the Rambam himself. I'mechad shaye yored mekahir leFustat. Somebody was going from Kahir to Fustat. Leveti midrashos leRabenu Moshe. This is somebody who was going to the Beit Midrash of Rabenu Moshe this person in his imagination was a Talmudic scholar you're gonna hear this a lot imagination you've a lot of imagined people who are too good for the classic Jewish works and therefore they need to show you how brilliant they are otherwise the Uh, And when he was living in Midrash, there was a question that was brought up about the Mishnah Torah. And Rabbeinu HaRambam explained the halakha, exactly the literal way that it meant in the book. But that exact point, there was discussion about it in the Talmud. And that young, he doesn't call him a Torah scholar, that Talmudic, The one who busied himself with the Talmud made a comment to Rabbi Haram Rambam And he wanted to quote there what was mentioned in the Talmud about this question. Heshivlo lo, the Rambam said, If it was our intention to explain what we wrote in the Mishneh Torah through the Talmud, we would have never written this book. Meaning, if we intended... For you to have to study Talmud, in order to understand the Mishnah Torah, there was no point in writing the Mishnah Torah in the first place. And therefore, we pushed off that opinion that of those who claim that first you have to study Talmud before you can approach the writings of the Rambam. He said, and go look there where he analyzes and he really uh, complains about those who say that the only way you can understand properly the writings of the Rambam is by knowing the Talmud first. How could it be that something which is so easy and the language is so precise and so clear? The only way you can understand that which is simple and and easy is by first understanding something which is much more difficult and much more complicated. This goes against your human logic and intellect. I mean, the Mishnah Torah was written in easy Hebrew, in accessible Hebrew, accessible ideas, simplified halachot. The reason for it so you would not have to go back to Talmudic analysis. The Rambam intended that that's the way people should study the Mishnah Torah, even though there are people who want to claim otherwise. this opinion, that it's uh, proper for the Torah scholars, and especially those people who consider themselves Torah scholars, they have the name, the title Torah scholars. I... this bothers him a lot. He's going to mention that sarcastically a few times throughout this text. There's one thing to have tamid chamim. The worst thing is to have people who are considered tamid chamim, but they're not tamid chamim. I don't want to speak about that too much. I'm being recorded. They want to rule from a book of of uh, you know halachot like the Rambam. More than they want to rule from the Talmud, they can rely on the Rimigash, which we learned last week. If you go to the Google Classroom, this is inside. Of, I quoted that. There, Rimigash is asked a question: What about a Torah scholar who rules? According to the abridged books of law of the Geonim, but he doesn't actually know the origins of this law in the Talmud. The and the answers, that you should know. that this man raui lahatirlo laharot. It's fitting to let him rule in halacha. Manashim harbe, kavu lo ra bezmanenu. It's more fitting that he should rule in Halakha than many of the people who claim to be ruling in Halakha today. And those people who think that they know Talmud, they think that they know Halakha, those people are the ones that you should hold back from ruling Halakha but one who rules from the letters of the rabbis, of the Geonim, and relies on them, that person is more fitting to rule like him, and it's more proper to rule like him. I sham, look over there at the letter of the Rimigash. In the Google Classroom, I have the Rimigash. I believe it's translated right into English. The <kind> Hagot That's He writes one of the Chachmei Ashkenaz. What he did is one systematically Mishnah Torah and records pretty much wherever the Chachmei Ashkenazim disagree with them, Rabbi In the Laws of Talmud Torah, Chapter Three, Od Hora p'sak that anything that you find explicitly mentioned in a work of Halakha, here he's talking about the Geonim, you're allowed to rule, even a student in front of his rabbi, which is normally not allowed to rule Halakha, but it's not considered ruling Halakha. But he shouldn't make up new novel rulings, he shouldn't on his own accord, in his own logic, compare things that are not comparable because he might come to make mistakes. But if you see a halakha explicitly mentioned in the writings of the Geonim, you are able to rule that way without any prior knowledge in halakha. We complained about Maran last week, that he quoted the half letter of a Rosh. That half letter of the Rosh, which made it seem that you can't rule halakhalik the Rabbam unless you know Talmud first. Gam in the Kes <laughs> of Mishnah Maran himself in the Khaz of Mishnah, Shhevi Khath, who quotes half the words of the Rosh, Shinira Mihen Mashinira L Khora, that it appears from them what it seems like. And it seems to be what it seems to be that you can't rule according to the Rambaam. Hevin behit kidivreha moreno harapstiozamin. Really? Maran's words match exactly the words of Roshneer Zamen of the Adi. Uzvira and he holds, practically. maase practically, like Rabbein Yerucham, which medin, Shayesh lechet achei piske Rabbein harambam, bakol, mikon, kon. That Maran writes in the case of Mishneh, essentially, that a person should follow the rulings of the Rambam everywhere. That's also a biblical pun. Bakol, mikon, kon. Shaken before that's also a pun, uh, when the law like you wanna know if it's Yerushalayim? If it's Samuch if it's close enough to Yerushalayim and you could see Yerushalayim from it, they would celebrate. That next village over would celebrate the Purim with the with the Yerushalayim. So he says here, Samuch meaning right after the Kesef Mishnetz introduction, he writes explicitly against what may seem apparent from the writings of the Rosh. Then if you look at the famous critique of the Ravad on Rabbeinu HaRambam, you'll see Maran's answer. The famous critique of Rabbeinu HaRambam, uh, uh, well, you know, let me see if I can find it here. Here. If you look in your Mishneh Torah on page Mem Zayin, Mem Zayin, that's 47. So you're going to be actually in the text of the Rambam's introduction, not Rav Kapach's, Rambam's. And you're going to see footnote Zayin, it's in the right column, on the second part of the page. He writes there, Katav HaRavad. the Rawad writes, Savar letaken velotiken, I, I, it's hard for me to read these words. The Rawad is critiquing the Rambam, this man thinks that he came to fix something, he didn't fix. Ki azav derech kol this man deviated from all of the t- ways, of all the authors who came before him. Ki that they brought proofs to the things that they said, and they mentioned the sources when they quote somebody, they quote their name, and there was a great use in that. Because sometimes the Dayan, or the Posek Halachot, wants to rule a certain way, and he has proof from a certain place. If he would only know there was someone greater than him, he flig Shemuatoh, l'dahat acheret, haiyah and he would know that this man contradicted him, so he would change his mind. But now, I'm uncertain why I should take back my opinion or reconsider my stance or my tradition because of the book of this author, this Rambam. If the one who's arguing with me is greater than me, fine. And if I'm greater than the one who's arguing with me, Lama dati dato? why should I be my dad? Why should I, I uh, give in to him? The old and furthermore, Ki ze ze. there are some things where the geonim contradict each other. And this author, again referring to the Lambam. it's hard for me to read these words. He explains the words of one opinion. He quotes them in his work. Why should I rely on the Rambam's selection? It doesn't make sense to me. why did the Rambam choose that opinion, not this opinion? And whoever's arguing, I don't know if I'm worthy of arguing or not. I don't want to read the rest uh, I am afraid of reading the rest what he says about the Rambam seems to treat it as arrogance if Kapak mentions Daniel These words are used differently so the famous question of Avad: why should I rely on the Rambam who is the Rambam that I should rely on him see there's nothing new under the sun Shalom Amar says, "There's nothing new, and Kol There's nothing new under the sun." But there are answers. So Maran himself answers this question. How does he answer this question in this letter? Let me read to you this letter, and perhaps uh, for today we'll end the Shul and Rambam. Vaniomer and I say, "Who's I, Maran?" Shetam Rabbenu, the reason of Rabbeinu, She why did he write a book with no sources, and a book with no names, and a book with no opinions? If he wanted to follow in the ways of the rabbis who came before him, what use was there for him to add on the words of the Reef? Most places Rambam rules like the Reef. So what, what's their special, what's unique in the writings of the Rambam? And therefore, the whole point of the Rambam is to write uh, the rulings of Halakha in a clear and precise, accessible language like the Mishnah. And everyone who is wise, who comes after him, everyone can rely on the Rambam's selection of Halakha. And if there comes a Chacham who's so great that he can't rely on the Rambam, because he has a greater mind that has to analyze things further. Says Maran, who's stopping him? What are you complaining about the Rambam for? The Rambam wrote books for you and me. The Rambam wrote books for somebody who needs to look up a halakha. Those of us who think maybe the Rambam is wrong, I should reanalyze things in the sources, fine, who's stopping you from doing that? You don't like what the Rambam says, go back to the sources. <laughs> he says, Ravad says that Rabenu thought to fix and he really didn't fix. What do you mean? He says, this way that Rabenu went on, <laughs> he fixed the whole world. <laughs> Except for one in that generation who didn't work for it. I don't want to say So let's say there's that one person in the generation Who's too great to rule like the Rambam Even for him he did a favor says Maran What favor did the Rambam do for him? Maran says If he is rushing to rule halacha, He could just rule like the Rambam and when he doesn't have time, even if he does have time, he's not rushing. It's not such a small thing to know the opinions of Rabbeinu HaRambam. This is the end of Maran's language. hear, you see. Maran says, What do you mean Rambam didn't fix anything? The Rambam. The Rambam left, there's a gif already. So what did he do? He wrote a book of Halachot in clear, easy Hebrew for us to read. That's precisely what he did for us. If he wanted us to study Talmud, we would have gone to study the Talmud. Ah, so it works for everybody except for one Chacham. If that Chacham is so great that he can study Talmud on his own, who's stopping him? And even that Chacham, he has to rush in the area to ask him a question in the laws that he didn't reach yet in the Talmud. Or he doesn't remember exactly. So Rambam helped him also. And even when he's not rushing, is it such a big deal to know the opinions of the Rambam? Maran here is standing in defense of the Rambam. And initially tomorrow, we're going to discuss a few more Chachamim that spoke in a similar fashion of how to rule like the Rambam. We're not yet going to touch so when does Maran rule against the Rambam? Not yet. Not at this point in our shiurim. But tomorrow you're going to hear some interesting things about Maran and his Bedin and what they did to people who thought that they were great enough to rule against the Rambam, especially in Eretz Yisrael, where Maran considered the Rambam to be the Maradat the leader, the halachic authority, the unanimous halachic authority of Eretz Yisrael, and we're going to talk about those things tomorrow. B'sha'at